can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Sadaf's joining me today, everybody. Hello. I've just spent the last week with Sadaf and (laughs) we just got back from a trip to Toronto and the comedy of errors we experienced on the way home is like out of a movie. Like I swear everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. We had the best time in Canada with Desiem and The Ordinary and then (laughs) just went really downhill. (laughs) Sadaf still doesn't have a suitcase, by the way. Yeah. Um, without a suitcase en route. <laughs> so a lot of things just happened. Like we got delayed leaving Toronto. We missed our connecting flight. Then we had to stay another 24 hours in LA. There was flooding in LA. <laughs> we could finally get back to <laughs> Melbourne and our bags don't show up. <laughs> you know what's funny? It was a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because when we finally landed in Australia, we are like, Oh, we're finally here. And as a joke, Joe turned around and said to me, oh, my gosh, wouldn't it be like the cherry on top if our bags didn't actually come? Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, lol, how funny. And then legitimately that happened. And then I checked my AirTag location and it was like, surprise, it's in LA. And she's like, it's still in Terminal 7 in LAX. So, yeah, it wasn't ideal, but we did make it back. And so we're here recording. I hope you get some clean undies soon, Sadaf. Luckily, I have some spares here. Good, good. And I did, look, I really (laughs) tested Sadaf's fitness levels while we were away because I'm naturally a really fast walker and poor Sadaf is like five foot tall and I genuinely, I think, am the fastest walker on this earth. I think I could compete in the Olympics if I wanted to. No, I actually was looking at you and I was like, this is like an athlete, (laughs) like elite level I was like, I cannot keep up. Like, I'm trying so hard to act like I'm even halfway keeping up. And you would turn around and be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You just. <laughs> Do you know what it actually made me think of? You know, Kath and Kim. Yeah. <laughs> and my cow. Yeah, the power walking. I was like, yeah. that is Joe to a T. Like, yeah, it really is. I literally turn around for a second and she's like five metres ahead. And I'm gone. She's gone. <laughs> she stops to tie her shoelace and I'm in a completely different terminal. <laughs> the accuracy, <laughs> guys. Oh. Now, I did want to talk about this app that controlled our lives while we were there. Yes. Because I saw Olivia Rogers post about this when she went to a wedding in South Africa and I asked her what the app was because I'd forgotten about it mm-hmm. and I wanted to use it so that we avoided jet lag and I think, to be honest, I've managed to avoid it. We're two days post-travel right now and I'm sleeping fine. I'm having like full night's sleep. I'm not tired during the day. So the app is called Time Shifter. Now there are heaps of other apps available, but this particular one 
it tells you like when to have your caffeine, like for a few days before your flight. Mm. So it kind of gets you in the mode of being tired before your flight so that you're ready to kind of sleep whenever. And it also tells you when, if you've got melatonin to take melatonin, when to have naps on the flight, when to sleep on the flight so that you can really start to get into the other time zone before you even arrive. And I think it actually worked quite well for us. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have the app. I kind of had the idea in my head of like, look at, you know, your world clock and whatever your destination is, kind of sleep to that. But this was so elaborate with like, I remember you being like, okay, this is your window to have your coffee. After this, you can have no more caffeine. Um, This is when you should nap, nap on the second leg of this flight. And I was like, thank God you have this app. But it's genius. Like, I'm definitely going to get this app every time I travel because I was kind of relying on you to just be like, okay, next flight, what's my window? When can I have coffee? When can I sleep? I found it really helpful because I was concerned we were going to be so tired when we got there. And I was really worried we were going to be exhausted on the way back. And yes, we were tired, but that was because we went through hell yeah. <laughs> to get home. But, yeah, I think it really does work. So if you are planning on travelling this year, or even going anywhere that there's a time difference, try using this app because it's really quite interesting. It's called Time Shift. I'll put a link in the episode notes so that you can download it. But today you're joining me for the episode. So do you want to tell me what we're talking about today, Sadaf? So today we're going to be talking about an incident I had in the men's toilet in Toronto. <laughs> quite interesting. (laughs) And then we've got your amazing podcast episode with Claire from The Ordinary, which is really, really cool. And then our products we didn't know we needed. Sadaf, you waited to tell me this story after we had left Levi from The Ordinary slash Desiem because you didn't want her to know about (laughs) it, but it's now going to be in this episode. So I think she's going to hear it. Yeah. Thanks, (laughs) Joe. But you told me this at the airport and I had my mouth open, like, reacting to you because it was so <laughs> funny that you had held this in for the most of the trip. Also, at lightning speed, you posted this on our Facebook group. It was just so good. You're like, this is funny. I've got to post it. It's so, so, so <laughs> funny. And I wanted to hear what other people had experienced before. So we're going to read out a few people's experiences, but tell us what happened in Toronto. Can I also just say you'd had a dream premonition about this as well? Yes. So it was really weird because I was telling Joe, I don't really get nightmares, but a few weeks ago, um, I lived with my brother in Sydney and I had this nightmare and he kind of woke me up and he was like, Sadaf, Sadaf, like you're having a nightmare. And I remember screaming myself awake. And basically I dreamt that I'd gone into a bathroom, like a public bathroom. And I see this like man following me in, but I don't really see his face. And so it just felt like even in the dream, it felt wrong. Like I was like, Mm. this doesn't feel like a good situation. So like I closed the door and then I'm like, nah, actually, you know what? Gut instinct. I'm going to open the door and run out. So I open the door. He's kind of close, like facing me. And as I go to run, he starts running right towards me. And I think in dreams, you kind of just wake yourself up with an alarm or something like right before anything crazy is going to happen, which is so weird. But yeah, as he's running towards me and I'm running away, like my screaming must have woken me up. Yeah. And then something not too dissimilar, but in a more comedic way happened (laughs) in real life in Toronto. And I was like, that's so weird. So yeah, there was one morning where Joe was doing some work in the morning and I had met Levi downstairs for breakfast. And then when we finished breakfast, we were going to meet you down in the lobby. And I said, oh, I'm right behind you. I'm just going to go to the bathroom. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I didn't properly look at the cutout image on the door. I just walked into the straight 
the first you one. You said you just saw the silhouette and you just walked in. <laughs> I just saw a silhouette and I walked in. And I remember when I walked in, I was like, this is an interesting looking female bathroom. I didn't even catch, <laughs> like, on my peripheral vision, I didn't even catch the urinal on my right. Like, oh, they've just got some bidets in here <laughs> oh, in the open space. Nice Canadian bidet. <laughs> I don't know if it's because it was early morning, if it was jet lag. I literally just walked right past the urinal. Like, I promise you, I didn't even see yeah. it. So I walk into this one bathroom stall and I was like, guys, this is a five-star hotel. Like, why is there only one bathroom <laughs> stall? And it's like, it looks a bit weird. Like it was quite big. <laughs> so I'm sitting down and then do my wee and <laughs> I go, I'm finished. And I see this boot, like someone walks in and I see their boot. And it's hard to describe because visually it was more heightened when you see this men's big boot. Yeah. So like, you know, at the bottom of the cubicle, how there's a hole so you can see he walked right up next to me. So at that point, I didn't even know there was a urinal there. Like you have to remember, I didn't know. I thought I was in a female toilet. I didn't know there was urinal. And all I see is this male boot walking in right next to me. And I can see his shoe pretty much in my cubicle. That's terrifying. And I just went into panic mode and I was like, what do I do? And then he's just waiting there. Like he's just standing there. And I'm like, this is how I'm going down. Can you hear him unzipping? No, I didn't hear anything. I just saw him like moving his feet like not stomping, but you know, you kind of like wiggle your feet to get your footing. Yeah. It was like that. And because it was so close next to me, because again, I didn't know that was the urinal next to me. (laughs) It looked like he was waiting there for me. And I was like, oh my God, this is how I'm going down. Like I'm going down in Canada. This is going to be like the big. Did you think of me in that point? No, I was thinking of how I'm going to save my own life in that (laughs) It's like, this is the beginning of a true crime podcast. Like, how am I going to get out of this? So I literally went into, like, it was, I had a good, like, five seconds where I was properly scared. And I was like, okay, I have to say something because I want him to know I'm not scared and I have to, you know, just go into panic mode. No, I was, like, proper terrified for a good five seconds. You poor thing. So I was like, uh, hi, sorry, this is the female toilet. And you know what's funny, I forgot to tell you this bit, is that I realized he said it in the most friendliest tone as well, which also speaks to Canadians because <laughs> I've heard they're friendly. And yeah. he was like, uh, no, this is a men's toilet actually. And I was like, oh my God, this is <laughs> this is his ruse to get me out. <laughs> I, was, I was terrified. I was like, oh, okay. He's playing psychological games with me now. <laughs> Get ready to open this latch and run for your life. I was like, this premonition that I had is coming true. Oh, my God. I promise you, Joe. I was honestly ready to just, like, open the door and, like, scream for help or just quickly run out. Imagine if you screamed for help and someone came in and they're like, you're in the mail toilet. I know. Oh, my God. But so I opened the door and I'm, like, ready to go in speed mode. I quickly look to my left and, sure enough, this man is peeing. Oh, my God. First of all, I was relieved that I was going to live that day. But also I was so embarrassed and mortified. What a roller coaster. Imagine him being like, she's telling me this is a female toilet. Like, no. And the fact that he was so friendly about it was like, oh, no, this is a men's toilet, actually. And then just kept peeing. And then just kept peeing and, like, didn't want to make me feel uncomfortable to turn around. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I ran out. Like, I ran to you guys. I didn't say anything because I was like, if I wait around and he comes out after me, he's going to see it's me. He's like, he can't know it's me. So what you also, I forgot to tell you, was from that toilet cubicle to where I met you in the lobby, I like sped, like I ran, like you might not have known, but I was like out of breath. I rocked up to you guys and I was like, 
morning. <laughs> and I was like, just fit into the crowd. So if this man comes out, he doesn't know it's me. And I was like, that last two minutes of my life was so crazy. So were you like, where's the Uber? Let's get in the Uber. In case you're wondering why I was in a rush that morning, I yeah. looked a bit disheveled, but I was just like, oh my God, how embarrassing. But I didn't want to say anything. And then the other night I was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell you what happened the other day. Yeah. Well, it entertained me when you told me. And so we asked our Facebook group if anything similar had happened to them one of the comments that came in was I was in the women's bathroom and a man walked into the women's bathroom walked into a stall did not close the door and began peeing I had to walk past him to exit the bathroom and was horrified like is this what men do (laughs) just close the door (laughs) I don't know what he was thinking doing that walking into a toilet oh my gosh yeah I guess they just don't (laughs) care like if he was a men's toilet but yeah that's hilarious but yeah they probably don't care here to be honest yeah true (laughs) another person said my firstborn lives in a share house with four other people of all genders several times I've walked into the bathroom to find one of the men peeing with the door wide open that doesn't surprise me yeah if it's your house at home It's probably acceptable to a degree. I mean, you probably would be respectful of your other housemates and maybe close the door, but... I don't think it's a gender thing. I think I just don't want to walk past the bathroom and see someone peeing, like doing their private business. Like, that's private time. Like, maybe just close the door. I think it's just the embarrassment of being in (laughs) the toilet that you're not meant to be in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the next one is, I was in the bathroom at work, not my normal office building. I was standing at the mirror fixing my hair and checking my makeup when a gentleman walked in, saw me and very apologetically turned and scurried out. I laughed to myself. A few seconds late, he comes back in and very politely let me know I was actually in the men's bathroom. Was that me? (laughs) (laughs) That was actually me. That is literally what happened to you. At my old work, we had a maintenance man that would do some work every now and then and everyone knew him. I walked into the women's bathroom, which was tiny. It only had two cubicles straight ahead as you opened the door and two sinks to the right-hand side. I walked in and he was standing there with the door open peeing. I quickly walked out. He didn't see me. He 100% knew it was the women's as he was always there. He got in trouble and I felt bad. (laughs) His brother, well, you got to go, you got to go. I mean, he probably should have been in trouble, to be honest. There's something a little bit predatory about that one. I'm not going to lie. In 1989, I was, oh, it was a long time ago, was starting what I considered to be my first real job, changing stations and desperate to wee. Finally got to the loo and it was only as I came out of the cubicle that I noticed a startled man standing at the urinal. <laughs> I thought it was too embarrassing to admit I hadn't noticed it was the men's room. Oh, my God, this is me. So I calmly took my time washing my hands before leaving. She, like, committed to the confidence. I yeah, love that. She was just like, oh, no. I'm meant to be here. I don't know what you're doing here, but. (laughs) Well, thank you to those people for sharing your embarrassing toilet stories with us. And Sadaf, I'm sorry that happened to you, but I'm glad that it wasn't the situation that you thought it was going to be and that everything was fine. It was just a friendly Canadian man (laughs) doing his business and you got in the way. (laughs) It was my mistake. Sorry. Hello, everyone. I am in the O-Lab with Claire Evans, Head of Scientific Communications at DESIEM. Now, the O-Lab, just for anyone that doesn't know anything about it, which you probably won't, it's a content space that's inspired by DESIEM's in-house laboratory, which we've been exploring in our time here in Toronto. And it gives a bit of a tantalizing teaser into everything that's coming next from The Ordinary, which we've been very lucky to see firsthand. Now, Claire, 
We've been with you the last couple of days. You've shared a lot of knowledge with us. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, this is your first podcast that you've done, but you're a chatty person yeah. and I'm shocked that you've never been asked to do a podcast before <laughs> and a lot of knowledge to share. That's right. Yes, this is my first podcast. So very excited to be talking with you today. Now, something that we've already spoken about before we started this recording was the fact that a lot of customers make the mistake of buying too many products from the ordinary at a time, because obviously the price point is so appealing for everyone and skincare can be really confusing. So which the ordinary products would you recommend are suitable for all skin types to start with? So I think when you're looking at skin types, you should really be looking at skin concerns. Everyone should have a very basic routine and the basics of skincare are cleansing and then moisturizing with SPF. Mm-hmm. So as long as you've got those in your routine, you know, that's where you should start. And that's really, you know, what you should be doing everywhere. Make sure your skin is clean and make sure it's moisturized and always wear the SPF. That's so critical to looking after your skin. Now, when it comes to sort of treating a skin concern, you can just start off with one product. So if you have dull skin, you may want to choose something that addresses that concern. I would really recommend people have no more than two treat phases. So, you know, start maybe with your squalling cleanser in the morning. And then you can have, you know, if you're looking to treat dull skin concerns or blemishes, maybe you could use salicylic acid 2% solution and then moisturize and SPF. And in the evening, as you may want some more moisture or, you know, some additional benefits overnight, you could again clean the evening, cleanse with the squalling cleanser to remove the makeup as well that you might have been wearing during the day. And then you may want to consider something like hyaluronic acid and B5 as your treat. And again, moisturize. Obviously, you don't need SPF at night. Mm -hmm. But I would really start with those two basic bookends. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, cleanse, moisturize, SPF, which tend to go together. And then focus the treat phase on the concern that you want to treat. And that may not be the same every day. It may be some days you wake up and your skin is a little bit dull. Or, you know, some days you feel that you may need to, you know, maybe look at some some aging or some wrinkles for us that are a little bit older. But you don't need to religiously stick to the same thing every day. And definitely don't use too many treat options in the middle phase because Mm -hmm. that's where you're going to get confused. You heard it here from someone that is an expert in the ordinary. Do not get carried away. (laughs) Restrain yourself from the website. So, Claire, a popular query that comes up is which products you can't layer. What ingredients would you not recommend layering from the ordinary? Yeah, well, first of all, I think it's important, again, to go back to your concern. Mm -hmm. So make sure you're focusing on the right products for your skin and for your skin concern. Now, in terms of looking for education on what products you can't layer together, you can always visit the website. Mm -hmm. The Ordinary website has you know, information on conflicts and, you know, please do visit that if you have any specific worries about what you're putting on your skin. There's a couple I wouldn't recommend in the same routine, but it doesn't mean you can't use those products. You can separate them out into morning and evening. So, for example, vitamin C and niacinamide. Mm. You know, a lot of people love vitamin C products, love niacinamide. Feel free to use the vitamin C in the morning as part of your treat routine. And use the niacinamide in the evening. Mm -hmm. So you've got that gap between them. There's also, you know, copper peptides. So like the buffet and copper peptides should not be used with the EUK-134. But again, it doesn't mean you you cannot use them at all. It means just be cautious of when you're putting them on and give that break in between maybe every other day, Mm -hmm. morning and evening. So I was roaming around the office before asking people their favourite The Ordinary products. And Sydney brand manager for The Ordinary said that, 
for blemish-prone skin, her favourite product is the salicylic acid 2%. I want to know from your perspective, Claire, what are your go-tos for blemish-prone skin? Absolutely. So salicylic acid is great. You can use the 2% solution as like an all-over treatment or you can use it as a spot, literally a dab-on mm, solution. That's what I do. But I really like niacinamide and zinc for blemish-prone skin as well. It smooths, it helps radiance, and it also supports the skin barrier over time. So mm. it's really helping you know your skin barrier to be the healthiest and the best it can be. Either all is great, but I'm a big fan of niacinamide for people with blemish brain skin. I've heard we're about to launch a new product, the multi-peptide eye serum. And we were speaking to Prudvi about this earlier and the difference between the caffeine and this new product. Can you tell us a little bit about it and why we may want to consider buying it. So multi-peptide eye serum is amazing. I have to say it's a really exciting product. Clinical data has been phenomenal on this. It's a mix of peptides and other ingredients that really address any concern you have around the eye area. So whether it's dark circles, whether you want to plump the area up, whether it's wrinkles, it really has, and the data that you know shows, and I'm sure you'll see some of the data when you launch, but it's a really exciting product. So anyone that's got little eye area concerns that they want to treat from, you know, say, from dark circles to, to wrinkles, you really should try it. It's phenomenal. It sounded great to us before. I think Sadaf's going to do a road test of it, so absolutely. we'll keep you posted on her thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And if you had to select a hero product for each skin type, so oily, normal, dry, combo, what would they be? I keep going back to this, but I think we always look at skin concerns rather mm. than skin type. So I know a lot of people shop, you know, I've got dry skin, I've got oily skin, I've got combination skin, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we really like to dig down to the concerns. Like if you're signs of aging, for example, if you're blemish prone, for signs of aging, you can definitely use, um, you know, the retinoids. They really help with like smoothing out your skin and uneven skin tone. We also have multi-peptide plus hyaluronic acid, which is you know known for looking at promoting the look of wrinkles, should we say? So really, mm-hmm. you know, evening out and plumping up. Signs of congestion, I would say. So if you're congestion blemish prone, again, salicylic acid two percent solution is great either as an all-over treatment or as a spot treatment. Remembering not to forget to do the cleanse. And the seal phase. So prepare your skin f- to receive the treatment by cleansing and then sealing all that goodness from the treatment serum with your, you know, moisturizer or SPF if it's during the day. Mm-hmm. It's important to recognize that what you try may not suit you just because it suits or, you know, it's indicated for treatment. You have to remember your skin is very individual. Mm-hmm. And some things may not suit you. They might suit your best friend or your mum or your, you know, colleague at work who's raving about it. But skincare is very individual. And I think it's really important to, you know, try things. If they don't work, you know, it's not because they don't work. It's just because they may not actually just suit the type of skin that, that you have. Try something else. I love that point. I could not agree more with that point. I'm glad that you said that. So what do you think the most versatile and universal product is in the ordinary range? I think we'd have to go back to niacinamide mm. 10% and zinc 1%. It's a great product. It's water-based serum. It can boost the skin brightness. So really, you know, uneven skin tone, it can help you with luminosity and radiance. It also helps the texture and tone of your skin, so skin smoothness. And, you know, the data shows it does reinforce the skin barrier integrity over time. Mm. So it really is a universal product that kind of does a lot of things. So if it works for you, that's fantastic. 
And I really want to know what your number one pick is from the brand that, uh, you know, from someone that knows it back to front and you see a lot of the development go into these products. What's your number one? If I can pick a number one through the different phases, maybe. So I can have, obviously for prep, I'm I'm addicted to squalling cleanser. I think it's amazing. It keeps my skin soft. It removes makeup when you need, you know, to remove that makeup. One product that does all of those things that leaves your skin feeling great afterwards. I think for the treat phase, I'm a big fan of buffing copper peptides. Mm. I have to say, I love the feel of it. I love how it makes my skin feel. It just seems to give me that that something, you know, so I'm slightly addicted to that twice a day, morning and evening. Mm-hmm. And I love the blue of it. It looks great. It really helps my skin. And I think for the seal face, so for the moisturizer, I really love our new NMF phytoceramides, I have to say. So excited about this launch. So are we. <laughs> having, having dry skin, I find that it's perfect, but it doesn't feel heavy. It doesn't feel greasy. It just makes it soft and plump and smooth. And I'm really excited of being able mm. to use it. It's one of the launches I've been most excited about. Let's talk about the NMF Plus phytoceramides. So we've got the NMF Plus HA in the range already. That's a moisturizer our audience will be very, very familiar with. But this is a new release in Australia. Sadaf and I have had the pleasure of trying it early and we have been obsessed with it the last few days and we keep going back into the office going, it's so good, it's so good, telling everyone that we're using it. So why did you decide to produce another version of a moisturiser? I think there was a need. So, so again, moisturisers are very personal. And I think, you know, when you have different skin concerns or even different skin types, there's a moisture you prefer using. So some people may prefer a gel moisturiser, and that's fine. You know, some people might prefer something slightly heavier because they've got, you know, exceptionally dry skin or there's areas of their face that they want to treat more or address more with a moisturiser. So I think it was looking at, at sort of the range of feedback we were getting and understanding that the different skin types and different personal preferences require different options. So we made NMF plus phytoceramides, you know, there's more emollients, there's more humectants, it's a little bit richer. It gives people who are looking for that sort of bit more oomph, shall I say, mm-hmm. the opportunity to, to choose that product. Am I allowed to say that there may be something else coming to that category of seal? I couldn't possibly comment on that. <laughs> okay. We'll leave that under wraps for now. Thank you so much for joining us today, Claire, and for having us in the Toronto office. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Product we didn't know we needed, Sadaf. What is yours today? So mine is the Medicaid HEO mask. I've done this one. Have you? I did this the other week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't know I needed it because it is, I mean, everyone can use it, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it is targeted to dry and dehydrated skin, which I don't have. I have oily and combo, but I road tested it for BDIQ and I loved it instantly. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it kind of reminds me of the Aspect probiotic Mm, mask. Okay. In the sense that the second step is creamy and I love that it's a leave-on. Mm. I love any mask you don't have to wash off. But in the morning, my face just looked so well-rested. It looked like I had a full night's sleep. Kind of looked like plump in a way, not in a super obvious way, but I could tell like I just looked mm. really well-rested. It's just super nourishing. HEO, uh, you've probably mentioned this, but it stands for humectants, emollients and occlusive. So mm-hmm. it's got like such beautiful ingredients, like moisture-boosting ingredients, like ceramides and squalane and hyaluronic acid. But I also loved it because I actually threw it in our for our work trip in my carry-on bag right before we left because I was like, oh, my God, it's the perfect size. They're two little 50 mils. 
And nowhere else do you get depleted of moisture more than like when you're on a plane. So I just knew I was going to be sorted with this mask. And the probiotic mask is too big. Yes, exactly. Mm. Like it was so good. And it's just like perfect travel size. It's not glass. It's packaged in a little tube. So they're travel size friendly. So yeah, the first step's like a gel. You pop that on. It feels really nice, like a gel would feel. And then you leave it on for a few seconds and then the cream. And then, yeah, it was just so good on the plane as well. So if you're traveling, if you've got dry skin I just love that mask so much it's really really good if both of us are saying it's good it must be (laughs) exactly yep and what's yours mine is actually a micellar water now I'm a big fan of the bioderma sensibio and I've used that for several years but before we left for Toronto one of the girls at bioderma actually messaged me and was like do you need anything for the plane And she mentioned that HydroBio is actually a more hydrating micellar solution than the SensiBio, so it's better for flights. Oh, I know, because I took the pink one and I noticed you did, if you guys want to check out her in-flight routine, go on Instagram because it's really good. I was like creepily watching you from the other side (laughs) of the plane, but I noticed yours was blue and I didn't see what that was. Okay, that's what it is. So good. So it's the HydroBio. So it's not that the SensiBio would do anything bad to the skin, but it's just that this restores a bit more moisture to the skin so it promotes hydration and it's just maybe a little bit more suitable for flights so I just took some cotton pads with me use this to cleanse my face I actually use this quite frequently throughout the trip in general like if I'd had makeup on I would get out of the shower once I've cleansed you know how you get like leftover makeup on your hairline and stuff I would use this and I really liked it it comes in a little 100 mil mini so you can take it on flights. I only had the big boy Sensibio because I use that heaps. So I only had the big boy and I was like, oh, how am I going to take this with me? I'm not going to be able to like, and I don't use makeup wipes. Yeah. So I was really happy that I got a little hundred mil of this and it really did keep my skin quite hydrated. I didn't feel dry at all on that trip. And we were not only on ridiculously long flights but we were in freezing conditions as well oh that's so good to know and also I remember when we landed in Sydney and after like the flight delays and everything my skin had just had it and I woke up and I looked really tired and I kind of wasn't bothered to do my skincare routine by that point I was like we're home now Mm. and we get to the you know, carousel and I look at Joe's skin and as per usual, it's glassy AF. And I'm like, why do you look like you've just been to a spa, had a facial and you've just popped on like three glowy products? Like, please explain this glowy, glassy skin. I had just slathered on. I think I applied it twice on that flight, the Sensibio Defensive Rich. So I usually use the normal one but I use the rich version. Yeah. It's a really nice moisturizer for sensitive skin. I've spoken about it before, but I might speak about it again in more detail. It's the rich version of the one that I've spoken about, but that really did keep my skin really nice and hydrated. Very suitable for very dry skins. If you are a dry skin girly. Amazing. So when I returned my boyfriend before we left, he was in the bathroom having a shower at the same time that I was curling my hair And he's been warned before about heat tools Mm. and he tends to get in the way. It's a small bathroom, so it's (laughs) not really designed for two people to be in there at once. But I had my curling wand in my hand. I'm scared. And I let my curling wand go and he leant over the sink in front of me 
and burnt his shoulder on <gasps> directly on my wand. <gasps> and so he got left with this big, like, blistering oh. scab. <laughs> it looked really bad before I left. And I'm like, oh, that's going to scar. Like, <laughs> he's going to have a pigmented mark there. Oh, no. And I came back. And he said, bless him, like being my boyfriend, of course he does this. He got the grown alchemist rose hip oil and he's been putting that on it and I could not even see it. It's like this tiny little pink mark, I swear. Wait, the grown alchemist what? The rose hip oil. Oh, my God. Okay. And it absolutely worked magic. And like rosehip oil, in fairness, like it does make a lot of sense because rosehip oil has a natural form of vitamin A in it. So it would be really helping to heal. Healing the cells. Okay. Yeah. So it worked wonders. So if you if you burn yourself. That's amazing. We've had an episode before about burns from heat tools. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to. But Boyfriend burns. I mean, he, yeah, <laughs> he seems to know what he's doing somehow. Oh, my God. That's what happens when you start <laughs> dating Joe. I was really impressed. You become like second tier beauty expert yeah exactly (laughs) he just picked it up from me i don't know also i remember telling joe like i'm starting to get this irritation under my eye and we're trying to she was she's trying to get me to like pin down what ingredient is causing it but one product that we love in the office a lot is like everyone i feel like universally loves the sycoplast balm and there's a new reformulation which is really exciting it's got probiotics and it was kind of flaring up and like every day joe you were like have you put sycoplast on it? have you put sycoplast on it have you remembered to put sycoplast on your eye i'm like a drug dealer with sycoplast like here have some sycoplast <laughs> But yeah, it's so good. Well, thank you for joining me for this episode, Sadaf. It was an absolute pleasure traveling to Toronto. So I couldn't think of anyone better to join me for this entire episode. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.